0: Today, Brian and I are with Dave Lynn. Dave goes, he's got a lot of titles, but he goes by the Gratitude Dude. Hello, Dave. How are you? Thank you for joining us today.
1: Hey, great to be here.
0: So, Dave, tell us a little bit about yourself and how exactly you became the Gratitude Dude.
1: So, it, there's a big misconception about this. Actually, that's my legal name. My parents named me Gratitude Dude. when no, I'm joking. Um, so. <laughs> You're know, like, wait a minute. Um, I
0: was really, you had me for a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the main things that I do, I, I run a, a fundraising platform for nonprofits. And I got a call uh, probably September, October, you know, or, you know, heading into Thanksgiving time and Giving Tuesday, everyone picks up on gratitude and particularly in the nonprofit space. And they said, hey, could you, they had seen me do some presentations on unrelated stuff, probably like more inside baseball fundraising stuff and they said do you think you could do something on thanking donors for thanksgiving time of year and i said sure and i started putting stuff together started doing some research and and it really hit me hard i was like i always give this call and you know for november december stuff and i said you know if we're only doing that around those times of year and i'm not saying that these people are but if that's when things only start waking us up to that, then we've got bigger issues. Uh, of course, it's good to have those things on the calendar to remind us, but I felt like, how authentic are we being if we're saying, oh, I gotta check this off on my calendar, now is the time to say thank you to people and show gratitude. So I started, I asked them for permission to sort of flip the script a little bit and talk more about gratitude personally and then becoming a more grateful person and then getting that out to the, to the donors and everything like that. Um, And started you know morphing that out I wanted to do something there that was very um, actually oriented to doing something on site so I brought stationery and stamps and I said we're all gonna choose somebody and write a personal gratitude letter to somebody in their life and I got a lot of great feedback and people calling me and telling me you know my mother and my sister or my doctor uh, really loved it and nobody sends letters anymore and I started getting hooked on it and, uh, I started putting it out there that I could do these types of workshops and started developing. I started taking more coursework, uh, in positive psychology and, uh, appreciation and happiness and appreciation in the workplace. And, uh, just to touch short, I guess, to the, to the name, um, So it was my birthday and, you know, people do like a Facebook fundraiser or something like that. So I can't do that because I've got like 150 nonprofit clients. So I can't really show favoritism. So I said, you know, what, for my birthday, write somebody a gratitude letter. I don't even need to know about it. Just put it out there in the world. It'll be good for you. It'll be good for everyone. Um, I didn't even tell my wife I did that. And we're not big Facebook people, but my wife happened to see it. So she went behind my back and told all of my friends and family members and co-workers would you consider writing a letter of gratitude to Dave Uh, and then my kids typed them all up and then put in this beautiful box and put a bow on it Um, and one of the uh, letters which is from a good friend said thank you for teaching me that gratitude is not a platitude it's an attitude of great magnitude dude Um, and from there, we were riffing, and we got to the gratitude dude, and sort of suck. That's the long short story, or short long story.
2: That's awesome. So, yeah, that's. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't know what better title you could have, honestly. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <It's>
1: true. <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> you know, it works.
0: So, Dave, you you mentioned briefly these gratitude workshops, and you know, what types of what types of people come to these workshops? I mean, what do you do there? What are You know,
1: what are some of the strategies there? Right. So I think that they take sort of three different forms. One would be, you know, just like a standalone, call it um, an open seat type thing where I would say, hey, I'm giving a gratitude workshop in, you know, Manhattan or whatever it is on such and such a date. You can sign up and come. That would be very varied as to who who joins. um, And we love that. Uh, Then it's sort of like on-site within a, uh, let's say, a a, a nonprofit or a a corporation doing a lot more work with with for-profits, thankfully, because I think they need it more. Um, And uh, so, you know, we would bring it on-site and work with leadership as well as the teams to build horizontal and vertical gratitude with strategies. I also, I always start, no matter what I'm being hired for, it always starts with the individual. It doesn't matter if it's the company saying, look, we need to bring up the bottom line and we think if we show gratitude, it's going to do that. Okay, fine. That's a start, but I always start with the individual and working on our personal gratitude. Um, And then I run a small soft skills conference, which is called Congruence, which is based on a similar premise that we're not different people in our personal lives than in our business lives. That's the congruence of it. Um, And within that, we do four parts over two and a half days, uh, four parts on gratitude, as well as a whole other... Curriculum um, and and everything I think we always do uh, starting with the benefits of gratitude, um, you know, I try to go hard on some real medical studies uh, Economic studies because people tend to feel that gratitude is very fluffy and it's not real and it's it's a nice to have not a need to have So we try to dispel some of that uh, remove some of the fluff from it um, benefits studies and then real practical application I'm a big fan of uh, personal, finding your personal place. And I call it do you, you do you gratitude, where like, you know, there are certain things that work well that the studies say, you know, journaling, for example, but not everybody is a journaler. And not everybody's going to get into that. And then, and if they don't and you're telling them that's what they do, they can be like, Oh, gratitude doesn't work for me. <laughs> so we like to offer five or six hands on different tools and techniques and things to try. Uh, and, and a lot of just ideas and perceptions um, and then, you know, we have a 21-day program, which isn't our program, but it's a, it's a program that, that's put out by Robert Eamons, who's probably the top uh, guy in the world of, of psychology and social psychology and uh, uh, gratitude. Uh, so he has a 21-day program. I have his permission to use it. So we, we sort of get that so when people leave, they're actually doing something, and we have some follow-up and things like that. So, it you know, it takes a lot of different shapes.
2: So, so you mentioned like, not everyone, like, you know, journaling is a, is a way of gratitude and everyone's into that. I I know I saw, uh, I think it was a post by you talking about um, sort of small reminders of gratitude for yourself. Uh, And, and how is that? Because, you know, like you said, you should, you should be grateful every day, you know, you know, as you know, not just on Thanksgiving or sometime you should be thankful for or have gratitude. So how, how important are those small reminders?
1: Yeah, that's, uh, uh, yeah, I I don't know if it was the one you're talking about, I just recently put up a a LinkedIn post on that. I have this giving key that says gratitude on it and I just hook it on my bag and it, yeah, so it reminds me, um, I have other reminders. I think they're critically important the challenge with reminders is that they also become rote like anything else, right? So like I even mentioned there, like I switch the location of it on my bag from every two weeks or something like that. Sometimes I'll put it in my wallet um, because, you know, things just become part of your life and part of your practice. Um, but I think that habits sort of getting into uh, a, a place that something reminds you to stop and think, and whether you're actually doing something with it, writing a letter or calling someone, just thinking, I'm grateful for this in a moment. So whatever that thing is, if you have something that reminds you, we talk a lot about habit stacking, like if you have a certain habit already, you're a gym person, let's say, right, so and you need to add something small, even a half a a minute that before I get out of the car at the gym, when I get to the gym, I'm going to stop and think about one thing or three things I'm grateful for. And then that sort of builds that habit. Mm-hmm. You know and then you get used to it, and you get better at it, and the beginning is hard, and it 's rote and everything like that. but I think that I think that reminders are critically important. I think the more you get into gratitude, sometimes the more you need it i mean Robert Emons, who 's sort of the guru, he says that sometimes it just feels like i 'm just ticking the box I did my gratitude for today, and i 'm done and i 'm moving on to the now i 'm going to do my shopping, and i 'm going to be done with that and and so you can get into that um, and and you try to avoid that. Um, you know, there's a great quote. I don't know if it's his quote. I saw it in one of his books. It's uh, gratitude is not an app. It's an operating system, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's gotta be incorporated in everything you do, not just when you do it in that moment because you're at the gym and you can't get out of the car until you do it. Um, So (laughs) I think reminders are critically important. Some of my favorite quotes.
0: You Um, know, you reminded me as we're talking about this, I've heard a lot, um, you know, I, I have a lot of people in my life who talk about gratitude, and there are times where I'm not feeling very grateful. You know, I don't feel grateful for anything, and so you know what's been suggested to me is to what? fake it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I There are yeah. a few of it. to fake it. You know, and it feels right. so phony. And and I'm I, I yeah. wonder sometimes is this really gonna work? You know.
1: Right. I, I think that's a great uh, point. One of my least favorite business quotes is "fake it till you make it," because I think it's it can be so distorted, and you could like take on work and that you can't even handle, and then it's not fair to the client or something like that. So I sort of hate that phrase because I don't know that I know that's not what they really mean, but I think it could be misconstrued. Mm-hmm. And the one exception I make is ingratitude because I do feel like um, faking it. I mean, it's hard. Like you said, like you're when you're miserable, it's probably not the best time to to think, you know. But I've seen so many personal situations. I don't know if so much in myself, but people that I know very well uh, that have gone through horrible times and they were just such grateful people and they were finding, you know, like unbelievable things within that. I I just give an example, a woman that I work with, um, she had a miscarriage and it was brutal. And she showed me this list she made of like 20 things she was grateful for. This was like the day after she found out. And there were, simple, and some would say stupid in the moment, like the fact that her mother took her for a pedicure, right? Like, obviously, no one thinks that's solving her problem. But what she said, when I thought about it, and I have a mother, and have a mother that cares for me and knows what I like, right? So, uh, and the fact that her husband was away, he travels a lot on business when she found out he happened to be home, right? That doesn't take care of the problem, right? But, you know, sort of forcing yourself in those moments, I think, can be helpful because they give you perspective. I like to say it it gives you a little energy and some perspective. It doesn't solve your problem. It doesn't solve your issue, but it does give you a little something. Sometimes it gives you that energy. Sometimes it gives you the ability afterwards to, to sort of get back to yourself. Um, It's definitely a tricky thing and it's certainly easier to talk about than, than to do, you know? Uh, But I think it's an important point.
0: Yeah. So do you suggest reading your gratitude list back to yourself and kind of um, pointing out those things that the actual, like getting to the very exact nature of the thing that you're grateful for. So not the pedicure but the fact that she has a mother. So do you recommend people do that instead of just jotting it down and walking away from it or mentally?
1: Right. So I personally think it's very helpful, but again, like I said, do you do you. So some people it's not going to work for, but I think it's a great idea. We do that sort of, we have a, we have a little jar in the house where where we put in gratitude notes and then we're supposed to go back every two weeks and read them. That's sort of also sharing other people's gratitude. But I do think that reading back your own stuff, people who are serious journalers and they've been journaling for years, sometimes when they're really in a funk, they'll just go back to an old journal and read through some of the stuff on a random day that will say, hey, you know what? I I never, you know, look how much I have. I have three years worth of journals. That's not me, by the way, but I have three years worth (laughs) of journals there's a lot that I have to be grateful for, you know, so just that shift of perspective. And I do think also that sometimes if we have that, let's say journaling practice, so it does become like I have to force myself to do it. So maybe when I'm doing it, I'm not feeling as grateful, but if I go back to it, I will. And I think one of the amazing things about gratitude in general is the savoring aspect of thing, making things last longer, making the good stuff last longer by thinking about it. And then going back to it, I think, sort of multiplies that
0: right were you gonna see something before I (laughs) I know you are (laughs) I
2: was was gonna I was gonna say you know it's interesting too because we use that scenario like you know being grateful say for your mother or someone in your life right and isn't it like you know sometimes it is they're there and they you know to me like I personally am grateful for it like sometimes when I'm down they're giving me hope for whatever it is the future right you know and they're they're picking you up and that's you know to me that's what you're grateful for you're grateful that you have that person in your life that's able to help you get past whatever it is you know obviously like you said it doesn't solve things but it's the hope that I think becomes what I become grateful for like thank you for helping me pass this situation whatever it is
1: so right yeah I agree or just being next to me you right. know when I'm miserable yeah you know, whatever that there's, there's a, I forget the name of the book. I read too much. Of, uh, and, and I forget the author's name. Her last name is Buckley. I want to say Kate. I'm not sure, but she ha- she's, she's very big in the world of uh, gratitude and grief. And she lost her son who drowned. Horrible of course. Um, and she couldn't get out of her car at the funeral home. Um, and she was just sitting there and she had like an old utility bill on uh, on the car seat and she had took out a pen and she started writing out everything in this crazy, horrible moment that she could be thankful for from the friends that didn't leave until they found the body and it was traumatic for them and the police officers who were diving and like all of that stuff, like you're saying, it didn't didn't help, you know, she's going to grieve forever for her son, but it gives her perspective and it allows us not to let that thing completely subsume us so that, you know, we're just, you know, we, we, we focus on negative so much more than positive. Exactly. Right. That's, you know, there's something in psychology, they call the headwinds tailwinds asymmetry where yeah. we focus on in real life. We do also, I just got back from, from a trip to Savannah, Georgia and it was horrible headwinds and, uh, turbulence and everything. Right. So we have headwinds, you got to push harder. It's uncomfortable. It's If you're outside and you're cycling, it's colder. Right. The same wind that's behind you will feel less cold. It'll be smoother, right? So we take it for granted. So in life also, we have to push through things. We have hard things. We have a tough time with our boss. We have to focus on those things and then we forget, you know, I have coworkers that, that are supporting me. I have my own skills. I got a great education. Uh, you know, I have family or friends that support me. We sort of take those for granted because we get so focused on the negative. So when we are in a bad moment and we could shift a little bit, you know, it, at least it takes the edge off of that and maybe allows us to have more balance mm-hmm. in that regard. Cool.
0: So Dave, you also talk a lot, of, um, you mentioned earlier about gratitude in the workplace. And I, w- I wanted to bring this up, you know, um, are you seeing a trend that, men- that employees are feeling underappreciated? And it's something that I've been seeing a lot across, you know, social media, which is obviously a valuable source of news. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I... <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, well, it's a value source of how people are feeling at
1: least that's right. true and, that, and, that and, is I'm true that's, yeah
0: that's and, true. And what are the ways that employers can then um you know express that gratitude to their teams
1: right so i do think that there i don't know that there's greater uh lack of appreciation i think there's more awareness of it so then we look at it and see where it's missing you know like like a lot of things you know that that once you start studying it, you start seeing it, and then it becomes more public. So some of the studies are, are are crazy that, you know, 65% of workers feel like they haven't been appreciated in the last 12 months in the workplace, 12 months, it's a long period of time. And then there's like a parallel study that says like, 75% of leaders feel like they're actively expressing uh, gratitude you know fairly regularly so unless there's some you know new math going on there there's a problem and, and pro- a lot of that is a perception problem and part of it is that people think they are showing appreciation but it's not being perceived as appreciation for for several reasons um i recently within the last year got certified by the uh, five languages of appreciation in the workplace i don't know if you're familiar with it so you know the five love languages Very wildly famous book, uh, millions and millions of copies in dozens of languages. Um, so they came out with a book, uh, sort of taking the same idea and saying that in the workplace, there are five way, different ways that people feel appreciated and each person has a primary language that works for them. You know, so for example, words of praise, some people are very big on, on, you know, publicly telling people that I did a great job. Some people hate that, you know, um, So one of the things that we work with, and I do these workshops um, within that paradigm, um, is uh, that you have to try and figure out what are people's primary languages and speak their languages, right? So um, certain people, they don't care how expensive the gift is that you got them. That doesn't make them feel appreciated. Right, and other people you can give them a mug, and they love it right um and uh you know, and some people want to be praised, some people want you to help them with their work. there's different languages, and I think that's a, such a key factor, not just because i I teach that platform, but because I see it you know, I, I speak to people I was speaking yesterday with a guy who has a decent sized team, thirty people, and like I was just talking about some of these issues with him casually, not not in any I wasn't retained or anything like that and you know he's like you know I never even thought about that I do everything the same for everybody because I think that's the fair way to do things right but that doesn't that doesn't work right um you're treating everybody so there's actually they have a a uh, an assessment that you could take to find out your your you know each participant's primary language secondary language and one of the things that I think is very interesting about that is the language that speaks to you the least is the one you have to work on most because you're going to meet people that it speaks to them the most. And you, you just don't get it. Like for me, I don't get how a mug makes somebody happy, but I have to understand that if, if I'm dealing with people that that is what makes them happy. Mm-hmm. And then I have to learn how to speak that language, so to speak. I think there's another aspect that goes back to what you were saying, Nicolette, a little bit earlier about faking it. When we go into workplaces and we start implementing this, there is that feeling that, oh, now my boss is telling me how awesome I am because Dave came in and did this, you know, gratitude group stuff. And, and now, you know, so we, we try to get ahead of that. And we, we talk about that there's that that weirdness factor they call it. Um, and we try to say, give everybody the benefit of the doubt, And everyone's trying. There's a reason why they brought us in, you know, but you know, it gets a little weird. Um, but I think that that just, you know, thinking about how we could do things individually, a lot of the most common thing I think you see in larger organizations is, large meetings where we stand up and say, I want to shout out Lisa for an amazing job on this, right? And, and they mean well. They want people to publicly express their appreciation. But if you hate that, and I, it's funny, I was talking to somebody, yesterday, I don't love it myself. Um, sometimes I feel like it's, for me, when someone's praising me publicly, I get uncomfortable, right? And I always feel like yeah, maybe that's a little more than I really did do, you know, and I don't know if that's true or not. It's just my nature. And, and so now I understand how other people feel. So, but we do that very often. That's like the primary way that we show appreciation in the workplace. It's, it's easy. It's cheap. Uh, You know, um, and I think they mean well, but what ends up happening is number one, people start associating appreciation with negativity now because they don't like it. So now, and also we make other people stand up. Like uh, someone might say, I don't like to talk publicly, but now I'm in this meeting and everybody has to shout <laughs> out a coworker and I got to either make something up because I don't appreciate my coworker. I, there was nothing that happened, but I got to fit in. So now we're sort of creating this negative bias to appreciation and gratitude. So I feel like in the workplace this, uh, you know, this individualization of appreciation is, is something that's critical.
2: So, so how important then is it, right, for, you know, the leader of a company, you know, to actually spend getting to really know the employees? Because, you know, and that's, you know, real thing I know with my employees, I've always really spent a lot of time getting to know them because different things work with different people. How important does that become to them, you know, versus doing these, like you said, these mass blanketed things or even just the easy things like saying, oh, you know, whoever did a great job at this, you know, during this meeting, you know, the value there and the genuine, you know, being genuine is really the time, correct?
1: Yeah. I think that, I mean, t- quality time is one of the, the, the languages of appreciation, number one, and, and many, many people associate with that. And I think that everybody appreciates that, whether that's a primary language, when a leader shows that they're important to them by, by giving them time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: particularly if they could do that one-on-one, I think there's nothing more valuable than that. And I think what you're doing by getting to know people, um that's critical because one of the distinctions that we make between recognition and appreciation recognition is you did a good job or you're celebrating your 10th anniversary here here's the watch or whatever it might be whereas appreciation of course you can have appreciation for a goal that they met but it's about the person i appreciate your attitude that you bring to work you make it a better place for everybody that's something that's there, whether they had a bad day or a good day, right? And we can't get to that if we don't really know the people, right? So when you talk about like servant leadership, you know, they will, you know, the servant leadership model is part of it is two times. I think it's two times a month or something like that. or Once every two weeks, same thing, I guess. Um, 15 minutes one-on-one with each, and it depends how big your team is. But could you imagine if you've spent that much time with a person and they and they even say, like, they're in charge of the meeting, not you, tell me what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. And if you're comfortable about personally, go for it. That's even better. If someone wants to open up and tells you something, they're struggling in their personal life, so you can check in on them or help them or, you know, that's invaluable. You know, that's just being people. Right. Yeah, it's, I
2: mean, it's, be
1: a good human, be a good human, sure, sure, the there you go. <laughs>
2: exactly, you know, and, and, and honestly, uh, to me, I think that's mainly what people want. You know, they want to be heard, they want to feel appreciated, <laughs> they want to feel, you know, and, you know, I, I just, I mean, as, uh, you know, where you're a manager, or you're a supervisor, if you're not connecting with the people that are reporting up to you and really understanding what they're going through, you know, it's, it's hard to really, you know, even really be effective as a whole, you know, and work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know um, Ken Blanchard, right? He's whatever one-minute manager or whatever five-minute remember Members books, but he's probably the I think he's top ten Amazon bestseller ever in terms of all the amount of books that he sells. He's he's eighty years old now, but but he's he's a legend. And I just did some uh, a workshop with him yesterday, and he, you know, he's all about this. He says every single from the smallest to the largest companies you look at the leaders that take individual time Mm -hmm. people stay the people are happy and then of course like we're all in business right it shouldn't be the only motive but your business is going to do better right people are happy they work better they treat your customers better because they're happier right Right. um and and it just all trickles down yeah
0: absolutely all right dave give us some tips what do we do if we want to be more grateful humans and have this feeling yeah. of gratitude in our lives? Tell us what to do.
1: Right. right. So... I I do think that that finding some practice that works for you. So of course, journaling is great and the studies are phenomenal because it's one of the ways that we could do real psychological studies because we could physically verify whether someone actually journaled as opposed to someone saying, yes, I spend five minutes thinking about good things. So I think finding that practice, it could be journaling. I find that letter writing is very important because I think uh, engaging the mind by the process of using actual handwriting is important. Uh, I think it also forces us to think deeper about things it's better than just saying, thanks so much. It's talking about it. I also am a big fan. Uh, I'm a corny dude, so you can tell by the name, but um, like I always say, gratitude, there's an I in gratitude, but there's also a you in gratitude, right? So it should much be much more about the you, the other people, but, and what happens is sometimes we get our ego caught up. So we want people to know we're a grateful person or we're thanking them so they can say, what a nice guy he is. So I try to find places where, Uh, I can remove the ego from gratitude. So that's showing gratitude to people who either I'm never going to meet or don't know who I am or have no way of of getting it back to me. So I'll give you some examples. Um, I'm a big military supporter. So I, uh, I do some volunteer work where we package care packages. There's an organization called operation gratitude and they package packages for um, military and first responders overseas. They try to do it around holidays and things like that. Um, and these people are never going to meet me. I don't put my name on it. Um, and it's a way to sort of really give very altruistic gratitude. Uh, of course, it makes me feel good, but I'm saying I, it's not doing it so this won't come back to me. Uh, I travel a lot and doing more Airbnb, but when I stay in hotels, I always leave a handwritten note for the, the, the housekeeping staff. Usually I don't see them. They get there when I'm not there. I never meet them. If I met them tomorrow on the street, they wouldn't know it's me. So there's no <laughs> way that I'm saying, "Hey, that was a great note," you know. But so I try. I think that's an important thing to sort of, you know, and then that sort of trains us that that gratitude is something that's outside of us, which is all gratitude. Um, so uh, I think finding, you know, finding the thing that you do, and I certainly can give people ideas of, of practices or what they call gratitude interventions. Uh, and then I think the habit thing, at least in the beginning, getting into a habit of you know doing it at this time, whether it, I'm not a fan of eight thirty a m because <laughs> things happen, or even four pm, but right before lunch, right after dinner, before getting out of the car, that habit stacking thing, where you already have certain habit or thing you're gonna do that will trigger that for you, and then using that or other reminders or something like that. I think all of those things are, are like great first steps. And you know what? Just being with other people that, that are positive and into it and supportive of that so that you don't feel like the weird dude, you know, that that's he's always talking about how happy he is or how grateful he or she is. Um, so you know I think that's important. I mean in anything you need allies, you need people that are that are like minded. Um, and I think just I think a great practice, this is something there's a there's a I was speaking in San Diego about a month ago, and after I spoke, one of the guys who, who led the place came and goes, you know, he's said, I love what you said, blah, 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 and he says, did you ever hear of the book, Thanks, a Thousand? I said, no. He says, well, it's about a guy who wanted to trace back all the people that were involved in making his coffee, uh, and it ended up being a thousand people. I said, now you're talking my language, because I'm not only the gratitude dude, but I am a coffee freak. I brew my own coffee. I roast my own coffee. You know, my kids bought me a roaster. I have something called, I call grat, Um And I told you I'm corny. And, uh, and I said, I got to get this book. And I, and I got this book and the guy literally traces back, you know, gets very, very in deep. I call it, you know, there's longitudinal and latitudinal gratitude. And you go really deep, like my coffee cup. Someone made the cup. Someone picked the bean, someone ground it, someone put it on the shelf. Uh, You know, my wife put up the water and, you know, you just go down deep in that. I feel like that opens our eyes that there's so much. And he did a thousand deep. He has in the footnotes all the thousand people. You know, he got a little crazy, like the guy who painted the lines on the highway so that the trucker can stay in his (laughs) lane to get the coffee to the, but, you know, but even that it's amazing, you know? So I think that that's like a, a very simple practice that you could just take any one thing in your life and do that. And then of course the people, the people in your life that, that are often the closest to you or taken for granted. Um, and you know, expressing gratitude to them. I can't tell you how many times, that's the biggest thing I get back from people is that do my workshops or something is a letter I sent to my mother or the, you know, the, or, or a friend or, or. And of course she loved her doctor and, Showed appreciation. She said, "But when I sat down and wrote that letter in detail, she said it opened my mind up so much to how much I owe him, you know." And I was like, yeah. "You know." Um, so, so that's uh, th- those are all, you know, good tips. I think.
0: Don't cry on camera. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Get that you. way. Thank where, you where, so
1: where,
0: much. Where can Go
2: ahead. grateful you're doing what you're doing.
0: Yes.
1: So that's what yes. I want. Thank you. And thank you, Ben. <laughs> so
0: Dave, where can uh, where can everybody find out more about you and your workshops and, and what you do?
1: Um, so on LinkedIn, for sure, just Dave Lynn, L-I-N-N. I do uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I try to put out Gratitude Days, where I just put out some point on gratitude. Sometimes it's a video. Sometimes it's not. Today, where we're recording, I don't know when this is publishing, but we're recording. It's a Thursday. I do Three for Thursday, where I put up three, what I call categories, grat- three areas of things that you can, and I tell you what I am thankful for in those. And then I ask people to comment and get sort of a little conversation going. So you can, those hashtags are, are you know, three for Thursday or gratitude Tuesday. Um, also my hashtag is gratitude dude. Um, you know, and then, you know, I have so many different emails and stuff like that. I don't know. Open your win- open your window, yell my name, I'll come. Uh, but probably LinkedIn is probably just the quickest because it's centralized with all the different things that I do, um, and probably an easy place. That's where we found each other, and you know, there you go.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, guys.